0: Hello, and welcome to the Committed Collective Podcast. This podcast is a dialogue between Adam Stone, Byron Hazley, and Steve Kerwin, often joined by informative guests through all walks of life. It's very informal, but very informative, and we're never quite sure where the conversation will lead us as we're talking about racial and socioeconomic inequality in our nation. Due to our national footprint, we're connecting through Zoom. So keep that in mind when you hear the audio. If you'd like to submit a question or topic, please do so by emailing us at info at thecommittedcollective.org on our Facebook page or connecting with us on Instagram at the underscore committed collective started the podcast live on Facebook this week uh, to catch the debate right after it ended. But due to some technical difficulties, AKA Adam Stone user error, we were forced to pick up the conversation on the podcast midstream as we're talking about the final debate and President Trump's response to the COVID-19 pandemic and Vice President Biden's plans going forward. So uh, sorry for the technical issues, but we hope you still enjoy the show. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's getting tough, getting dealt a tough hand with the pandemic and, you know, obviously any pandemic situation is going to turn into an economic downturn. So, you know, I think that aspect is something that both sides were talking about heavily trying to uh, make sure that everybody was on the same page with them. And, you know, honestly, I don't think either one of them made a very compelling argument, you know, to a lot of degrees, because you have one person who got the virus, still downplays its seriousness, still downplays its dangerousness, and you know was able to get the best health care in the world to make sure everything was okay. And then with President Biden, I, or Vice President Biden, I think there were some issues that he didn't really acknowledge in terms of where this can go economically and how to really fight this situation with some of the uh, the people that are saying, hey, this can't be done in certain states the way that you're trying to map it out because right. it will do too much to the economy to really make it worthwhile. And then, you know, Byron, do you think in terms of that balance, should there be more done in terms of focusing on the economy there or getting to just addressing the virus itself? Is that better?
1: They kind of go hand in hand, right? You have to address the the pandemic and the uh, and address COVID in order to rebuild the economy. So you mm-hmm. kind of got to build those two plans together because if you can tackle one, you can head towards tackling the other and start heading in the right direction.
2: I, I would I would go absolutely. It's it, you can't tackle one without the other. You cannot focus on the economy and ignore COVID and you and we can't shut everything down. We missed that opportunity. Other states did it, or I'm sorry, other countries did it at the beginning of March and April. Look at the way South Korea handled COVID. Us and South Korea found out we had COVID at the exact same time. Their death rate is better. So many different things statistically are better from the way South Korea handled it. And it all could have been done with masks. Um, so I found that um, wildly fascinating to 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 see him try to downplay that, but at the end of the day, they go hand in hand. I mean, we're seeing a lot
0: of countries that have not only dealt with this, but they're still dealing with more cases that come up now, but they're still dealing with it in a way that is slowing things down, making sure things are taken care of, but at the same time, not looking at it as a long-term issue. I think with the way that we're going about it and the way that, Society has kind of pushed us, you know we 're seeing a lot of things that we're pushing toward a longer term outcome and just carrying this out
1: so yeah, so when it comes to the pandemic, I mean we all know how much it has impacted and decimated this country, uh people losing businesses one day after another, so it's been extremely impactful and Just speaking through that, you can see how they're directly correlated. So we've got to attack them both. Whoever is elected needs to have a plan. I know Trump's been working. He's got a team, but we're in the situation that we're in because of him. And um, Biden... Biden continues to state that he has a plan. He's come out and said that he wants to kind of slowly open up things, but there's so many states that are already open. I'm really curious what he's going to do because you've got people uh, just here in Michigan. They just – went up to the Supreme court and won against the governor, that it was unconstitutional for her to lay out some of the things that she had laid out. Right. And, um, so with that said, I mean, he can't do everything. He's going to have to work with both sides of the aisle to get this done. And so, uh, whoever it is, they have to continue to work with
2: both sides and we can hopefully progress forward. There's two men that have worked with both sides of the aisle very well. That's the late, grade John McCain, and that's Joe Biden. And that's and that's what it has to be, because it is a state-by-state. State. And we'll, we might get into this, but Trump brought up a really good point. We always talk about a federal minimum wage. There shouldn't be a federal minimum wage, or should it be a state-by-state state minimum wage? And in the same sense, when it comes to this, but what it takes is real leadership. It takes a president to be like, your country is getting hit with COVID, shut it down, and they shut it down. This shouldn't be a Democrat and Republican thing. That's not what – it shouldn't have to do anything to do with that because then you start seeing all these red states that their numbers are way up. I live in Utah. I can't even fly to my new hometown of Chicago to have to quarantine for 14 days because I'm on one of the states that's a hot button right now because the, the cases are through the roof. So you see this um, time and time again, and all it takes is real leadership. It – It doesn't take, it does take a scientist to tell you that masks do work and social distancing. They have worked, they put the numbers down. It doesn't make you non-existent to be able to get it, but it takes your percentage down. It's like Adam Stone's fantasy football team if it goes against mine. Of course, it's not going (laughs) to win with my talent, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't stand a chance on a day-to-day basis. It's just a percentage. It's poker. It's pocket aces. First pocket tens, you can hit your ten, but at the end of the day, that's what it is.
0: Well, we're going to just move right past that other comment, but I think I get what you're trying to say, Steve, and, you know, with all the the great congressmen, congresswomen that have been out there, the AOCs, the John Lewis's, rest in peace, you know, they have tried to fight to get that bipartisan action to make things happen in these communities. And what we're seeing with COVID-19, you're seeing... People not able to get the same education because they don't have access to Wi-Fi and they don't have access to affordable housing and the housing market is going to take a hit. And those are things that we want to address as TCC and try to get in front of. But at the same time, we have to acknowledge what's going on with our society. And this pandemic has really just highlighted and emphasized and sped up some of those situations that were already a, a hot hot topic or uh, a potential issue. And now we're seeing it in full effect. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear the debates. And obviously they both have people in their ear trying to get them to address these problems, trying to get them to highlight these issues. You know, we saw Ice Cube earlier this week, really getting scrutinized because he was quote unquote, being seen as siding with Donald Trump on getting listened to about the blackmail contract. And a lot of a lot of those things got scrutinized, not only him reaching out to Donald Trump, but also the fact that a lot of women, black women, didn't feel like they were uh, very much incorporated into his plan that he proposed. So, you know, I think this is, again, another sign that people are out there, people are wanting to make some change happen. And they're just trying to Make sure that the, the decision makers, the people they elect, the people that are already elected, are doing things to make it a lot easier for these changes to come into place.
2: I would probably agree with you that the ice cube thing was really because that's just leverage. If you've ever worked in sales or anything, leverage is everything. And at the end of the day, um, I I said this and I think it was on podcast. It might have been number two or number three. What's in it for us? was always ice cubes mentality. And he came with the same thing. Like, all right, let's talk about it right now. And and what he tried to do was put Trump into a corner and be like, cool, give us this right now because he had leverage. And I know that the, uh, the Biden team at the end of the day said, after the election, we'll talk about it. And Trump's not in any position to wait until after the election, because he's the underdog sitting here Mm -hmm. right now. So I, I, it's not fair to, to criticize ice cube, taking leverage and being like well i don't care who gets it done as long as we get it done right that that was that that's what i took out of it
0: no i i completely agree with that the for me the fear is again what we talked about uh on the last show with fake action versus no action when you're looking at a situation here where donald trump is given a an ability to say hey i'm giving him a platform i'm listening to him i'm going to have this meeting the meeting really doesn't mean much right now, like in terms oh, okay. of what exactly could be carried out at this point in the October before the election. this is something where President Trump can use this as a way to just manipulate people into thinking he's acknowledging these issues and taking these issues into account when in reality he doesn't have anything on paper. There's nothing that's been agreed to. There's nothing that's really been done to show that he's actually gonna carry out any parts of this plan at all. So when people say he met with Ice Cube or uh, you know his name, O'Shea Jackson, and made these great agreements and partnerships, that just hasn't happened. And that's the fear when you're talking about people making these attempts and putting these quote unquote fruitful meetings together when it really is only helping somebody who might not have the the agenda toward equality and the things that we're really wanting.
1: And, you know, just to piggyback off that, um, Donald Trump is a smart guy. He's got a very, very intelligent team working for him. So everything that he does is very calculated. Um, I had this conversation with my wife the other day, like the the man knows what he's doing. Uh, He's going to take steps so that he can always come out in a way that he feels like he came out ahead. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can see it with this ice cube situation, his whole team, um, we out there tweeting, talking about how they've teamed up with Ice cube and the black vote and and they are now working with them when all it was was a conversation right and right. Then you you've seen the same thing with the Big Ten and football. he said the same thing, and now he's saying that he brought back football um and it was all it was a win win because if they didn't bring it back, he could always say oh it's it's on your governor's uh Yep. I told them to bring it back. I right. worked with them. I gave them everything they needed. Like he's he's very intelligent. His team's very intelligent and they're they know everything that they're doing. It's very calculated.
0: Yeah. I mean they had well not they, but uh Ice Cube, he went on and had multiple interviews after the fact with CNN and other outlets to really backtrack the whole conversation and make sure people were clear on terms of what his involvement was, where he really felt and stood on situation. But, you know, the damage is already done in that in that case, because the first headline is Ice Cube, O'Shea Jackson agrees with Donald Trump and Donald Trump supports the black plan and Joe Biden and Democrats don't when that really just is not the case. And the the impact of that makes people feel like supporting somebody who really isn't about equality and it has been stoking divisiveness isn't that bad of an idea when it still is that case. And like you said, Byron, he has those surgical types of uh, events and moments where he's able to confuse people and make them think otherwise when the the grand scheme of things, the track record doesn't show a a focus on equality, a focus on unifying
2: people. Like you said, he's very smart. And at the end of the day, when you you run an election, you want votes. That's all you care about. Is Mm -hmm. Biden going to San Diego? Why hasn't Biden gone to San Diego once? Why hasn't Trump? It's a foregone conclusion. We know what state California is going to vote for. You know what you're seeing? Everybody's in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Ohio and North Carolina. It's it, they picked the states that they knew were battleground states right now. That if they win, they win an election. I'm here to tell you right now, if you win Pennsylvania, you're going to win this year's election. I, I have the whole thing mapped out and that's how it's going to go. So at the end of the day, like you said, Trump is smart. He's playing chess like everybody does in every single election. Just like Biden, he's doing the exact same thing. Well, I mean, we'll see exactly how this
0: debate plays out. We see more of the reaction about it. You know, obviously, this is the last big chance for everybody to get a glimpse at what each candidate has to show. And I know there's been a a ton of turnout already in a lot of states to surpass uh, a lot of records in terms of early voting, mail-in ballots, uh, and, and everything that's related to not voting before the actual election day. So, you know, it's been a great turnout so far. We're hoping that more happens over the next week. Steve, I know you have some statistics about what's going on. Why don't you give us some more details about that?
2: Yeah. I, I, I didn't know how many people were, were listening to our podcast when we told them to get out early, but Adam, I'm here to tell you that it's way more than you could have even imagined. Um, in, ter- in terms of Pennsylvania alone, I'm sorry, Texas. Texas is at 65 percent of the voting as of right now on October 22nd of what the total was in 2016. So we are almost literally two thirds of the way there. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of dive in and some states will give party affiliations. So, for example, if you were both Democrats, hypothetically speaking, and you went and voted, I don't know who you voted for, but I might know in certain states what party you're aligned to. And Pennsylvania is one of those. So Pennsylvania, like I said, is one of the biggest states right now. So currently, return ballots, they are at 946,000 for Democrats, and Republicans is 262,000. That is 71% to 20%. Wow. So that's 9%. The NOAA party affiliation makes up the other 9%. So now that doesn't mean, now keep in mind that when it comes to Pennsylvania, it is a little bit of a flip floppy state. You've seen it go red, you've seen it go blue. So you right, can't put right. too much stuff. That doesn't mean that 71% of people voted for Joe Biden. But I can tell you that the early voting leans towards that. Texas is a wild one too. At 66%, they do not give party affiliation. Um, but it's about two to one with party affiliations, Democrats or Republicans right now. So the early vote, is not pandering well to Republicans. Um, if you look back on the election itself, Joe Biden needs 38 electoral votes that Hillary Clinton did not get if he kept every state blue. So, for anybody that's, that's paying attention, any state that voted Republican, and of all the states that voted Democrat. So, which one would flip from Hillary to Donald? The chances of that happening are very, very slim. Minnesota, uh, Nevada, Um, are probably two states you could think of, but for the most part, most are not going to, Um, but there's a lot of states that, that these following states voted red, Pennsylvania, 20 electoral votes, Michigan, 17, Ohio, 18, Florida, 29, Wisconsin, 10, Arizona, 11, Georgia, 16, North Carolina, 15. If 38 count, any one of those to make 38 Biden's going to win this election. Texas itself is 38. Um, It's, it has the potential to be a landslide, but also if Trump can win Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, we're probably destined for another Trump. presidency.
0: That's a lot I'm of numbers. Right.
2: Get out there and vote. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, and, and at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to win. There's one thing I know about Detroit. Detroit loves big gratch and they try to take, they try to take mama bear away from all the Cubs. And I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't think Michigan and Pennsylvania, Ohio's probably going to vote red because at the end of the day, it's Ohio. You can't count on them for much. And they can have Florida, too. Actually, if if Biden was to win Ohio or I'm sorry, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin and carry all the blue states, he'll win. Even if he loses Ohio, that'd be the first time in presidential history that Ohio did not determine the president. United states. That's my fun fact of the day. Ohio being disappointing is not surprising this year. <laughs> their performance against the Yankees was pretty terrible. So yeah, I mean, it, I mean, yeah. Supposedly their college football team is going to be good. I mean, I guess we'll see. But at the end of the day, that's what they always count on. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what what Ohio brings to the table. I'm just telling you that the. I think I saw numbers from com that said if Pennsylvania goes to Biden, he's he's got about an 88 percent chance of winning the election. And I think it's even higher. I just don't think the numbers are going to are going to favor Trump. It's all about people getting out and voting. We've been screaming at him to do it, vote by mail. Yeah. If, if, if you don't know to vote now, like. I get text messages all day, every day. I get emails, (laughs) social media. I mean, people are screaming it in my face. I'm fortunate enough. I live in Utah that's voted red every year since Lyndon B. Johnson that nobody knocks on my door because they just assume, but it is crazy how much it's in your face this year. And if you don't vote, you got to be the laziest person that's ever walked the face of this earth and most tone deaf to not vote this year.
0: You can have some good conversations, though. If you respond back to those texts, though, it's friendly
2: and informational. They, they friendly and informational. If, if, if you want to challenge them, they are ready. They they are 100% ready. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's, it's great that there's a lot going on out there. There's a lot of volunteers that are putting in their time, and definitely got to appreciate that. You know, see what you were mentioning with the numbers. Detroit, yes, Byron. Detroit, get out there. But how about Ann Arbor? How about Lansing? How about the more rural areas that realize things are not as unified as they should be? There's a lot. Oscoda, stand up. You know, there's a lot of areas in Michigan <laughs> what up, that Ascota? we can name off right now to just go in. Adrian, I got the Adrian College shirt on right now. Yeah. Alumni, proud What's alumni. Donkey, what up? Adrian College,
2: let's get out there and vote. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, I I think we, you know, we're getting close. Like right now, if you watch that debate, you're like, all right, finally, the final debate. Whoever wins this gets my vote. Like you're a fool. Like I, that's, we're here for entertainment purposes, period. We, We, all we're looking for is the person that we decided to back a little feel good about it. And unfortunately, both candidates today probably gave you that if you're backing that candidate. I mean, there still are people on the fence. You got
0: to feel like they're, you know, as even though it's a small percentage, there still are people out there who are looking to side. And if you are, you know, you saw people, you finally saw them together, able to talk to each other in a way that was somewhat cohesive, somewhat coherent, somewhat constructive. And, you know, take what you can out of that. Take what you can about how their reacting to the COVID-19 crisis, okay. how they're reacting to... An economic crisis, the things they're focused on. We were talking a lot about the the children of some of the candidates more than the actual candidates in the policies. And, you know, that stuff is not what we need to really worry about. We need to really focus on what can actually help our society get back to where we want it to be and get better than it ever has been. Because things, you know, as much as people say, let's make America great again America hasn't been great for a lot of people ever so there needs to be something that's better than what we've ever
2: seen for the whole country the hunter Biden situation is is comical to me I mean it, it there is not one party that cares about Hunter Biden Hunter, hunter Biden would be like if if, if you which but most people listening would know now, like, if you lost to me in fantasy football, which you do on a consistent basis, and you brought up that Uvita needed to get her, you know, needed a dog walk, and she had to be fed, and, like, you couldn't show up. It was like, these things have nothing to do with your inability to set a fantasy football roster to the number one team that you're playing. Like, that just doesn't even matter. And that's what it was. When you're bringing up Hunter Biden, all you're saying is, I don't have enough good things to talk about. So that's really what I took, like, kind of out of that situation.
1: So could we say the same for you when you bring up fantasy football against
2: Stone? (laughs) Adam knows I'm undefeated in the league. I'm the only undefeated team. Am I the greatest fantasy football player of all time? I don't. Some people are saying yes. I don't know. Some people are saying yes. I don't
0: know who those people are. I love it. Nobody knows who those people are. I love it. Maybe your maybe your daughters because they do love you and. You know, every kid has to support their their parent, but at the same listen,
2: time, listen. Just give me fantasy football. Big Ten starts this weekend, and we all know I'm a Michigan State fan.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, luckily President Trump brought the Big Ten back. So yeah, I mean, thank
2: yes. goodness. Um, <laughs> talk about taking credit. In, in in a typical fashion, I was going to bring this up too. Is that Donald Trump's that guy? He obviously takes credit for everything, right? If he he made a call to the Big Ten, and all of a sudden, boom, they're back. It wasn't the Pac-12, like. Why not the Pac-12? Well, because every single state, because they're made up of California and Washington and Oregon, and they're going to vote Democrat. So we all know why he was doing it. But I think my favorite, favorite thing that Donald Trump ever said, he's the most least racist person ever. He gave all this money to historically black colleges, and you're all welcome. So in his defense, my question is, is he the most least racist, racist of all time? I think that goes to Donald Sterling, myself, um, the former owner of the Clippers, who would tell you that everybody that worked for him, he had 14 or 15, although they were black, they made millions of dollars, and the NAACP gave them awards, so when it comes to the most least racist, racist, you know, if there was an award for it, it's kind of between those two, you you don't get to create this... um, Push of white people versus black people, and not condemn racism, and then just give money to historically black colleges, and think that all of a sudden what you've done is right. So that's that's just the difference of Trump and anybody with
0: okay.
2: I mean, that's a good award.
0: I'm glad you gave an example in terms of Downstream because I was confused as hell for a second. So least Uh, (laughs) think about it. The least (laughs) racist, racist. least racist, racist. And if you
2: give enough money, you would have to be like. You, they could like, yeah, he's racist, but man, he gave so much money to the NAACP. Oh, look at what he did for historically black colleges. And I mean, sure, black people are dying, unarmed black people are dying, and um, but yeah, Donald I, Sterling,
0: he, I don't know where is he at these days. He's probably enjoying his two billion and whatever uh, he is.
2: I believe he died. <laughs> did he I really? I think so. I'm gonna Google that right now as we're on here. I don't believe Sterling. We'll
0: fact check that. That's a big uh, fact check. That's a big fact that's check. That's an a, a instantaneous fact check. No, nope. yeah, maybe he is alive. Huh. Who knows? He just <laughs> All right. slunk into obscurity. And on that note, we will be getting to the final thoughts and action items for the week. Let's get into it. Obviously, we're getting close to a certain date. Byron, what are your action items for the week?
1: I mean, I'm going to keep it simple here. Um, get out and vote. As I said, you know, review your proposals. If you haven't already voted, I know a a large majority of people have already voted. I have not. I'm going to go hit the polls myself on election day, but, um, Ensure that you get out there and vote. You've got a plan. If you need a babysitter, go find a babysitter. You know, if you're in southeastern Michigan, let me know. I might come babysit your kids for you. Who knows? But uh, we need you out there voting and uh, take heed to this election because now's the time.
0: That's a real offer right there. So, Byron, I'm going to have you take me up on that in, like, 2023. So, just heads up. Uh, So, you're moving. Well, I, if I have to move for a babysitter, I, I might have to do that. I've heard it's it's pretty like tough it. these days to find babysitters out there.
2: I like how you didn't even say, oh, you're going to have kids. It was just instantly, oh, you're moving. Like, that was just assumed as if that was a bigger step. Than
0: By 2023, we'll be, yeah, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. But, yeah, that's a good one. And, uh, see, before you get into it, my final action item for the week is – really getting out there. Like you were saying, Byron, but if you have other people, babysittings one way to do it. Get people rides, how to pay for people's Ubers. You can donate towards ways to get people there. You know, if you don't want to contribute your own time, maybe you got to work, maybe you don't want to be in a car yourself, but you can contribute toward people getting to the polls and getting their ballots there. And there's a lot of people waiting in long, long lines. If there's anything you can do to help those people in those lines, giving them water, give them portable chairs, anything you can do to avoid those lines and help people who have to be in those lines, I think that'd be a great thing because, you know, that's an act of voter suppression. Whether you want to act like it is or not, that's voter suppression when people have to stand in a voting line for five to seven hours to make sure they can cast their vote. And that's, despicable that we have to deal with that, but we need to do everything we can to help those people who are still willing to put their bodies through that, put their time and everything they can through that to make it happen. So let's try to support them if we can.
2: Yeah, going on that, kind of the same thing, when you show up at the polls, make sure you look up your state. Some states, you cannot take a picture of you voting. Some states, you cannot show up in Black Lives Matter attire or Democrat attire, Republican attire. So just make sure You know what the rules are to your states. Uh, And the second thing I'm going to bring up is shout out to our producer, Zach Zollers, that A, does an amazing job of putting this together, but B, also signed up to work the polls and went to training this week. Mm -hmm. That is somebody who, unlike me, doesn't want to come out and be a face, scream and yell at you, not necessarily make up things, but say things that might be looked at as different. That guy sits on the background but is always grinding. Or the committed collective almost as hard, if not harder, than every single person in this nonprofit. So, I just wanted to give a shout out to him.
1: Absolutely. I tried to power the polls, but they told me I had to work the full day. I can't give them all that time, man.
2: Yeah, it's- I got kids. I live in two different states and I'm relocating to a third. I I wasn't able to make it either. It turns out you can't go work a polling location that you're not registered to vote in. Who knew?
0: I was willing to give the full day, but they were going to put me about 60 miles uh, east of my actual polling district. So I'm not really helping the polls in my neighborhood. So I'd like to better benefit my community by... Being able to transport people and do what I can that way, you know, it's It's great that people were out there. It's great that things like power to the polls are there. I mean, the fact that I got placed that far away shows that they have placements and they filled their slots for everything closer. Just just say that, yeah. So I mean, that makes me feel better about it. Yeah. So San Diego stand up everywhere stand up. Let's get the votes in. And thanks for joining us on the semi live, semi recorded podcast we'll see you next week thanks for listening everybody if you would like to learn more about the committed collective or any of the initiatives that we're supporting currently please connect with us at the underscore committed collective on instagram or on facebook if you would like to ask any follow-up questions of today's host or guest about our conversation feel free to email us at info at the collective.org Be sure to also subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date on our topics, information, and other events. If you'd like to join the collective, you can follow us on Instagram and join us on our Slack community. Remember, you can take an active role in your sphere of influence and champion change now.